from Pennsylvania Avenue to Main Street, Scott Inez tackles the hot topics like only he can. It's time for Inez Says. Hi, hello, and welcome back to the Inez Says Podcast. Scott Inez, thanks so much for being with me today. You can check out the pod most everywhere. You get podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also find it on demand for free right there in the WDBO app. You can also find me on the radio every weekday morning with Orlando's Morning News, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580 in Orlando. Stream us there in the WDBO app. Well, I must say, last night as we're taping on a Wednesday morning here, I was surprised last night when I heard the news that Bob Chapek had received a contract extension as CEO of Disney. Disney's board of directors unanimously voting to extend Chapek's contract as CEO for another three years. So the new contract begins July 1st. It runs until 2025. And the news obviously is notable, not only because Disney is one of the biggest and best known media companies in the world, but also the fact that Disney has stepped all over itself here in the last few years. They've had some very unusual, public, messy missteps since Chapek began his tenure back in February of 2020. And I said a couple of months ago that I thought he was a dead man walking. You look at Disney's stock and where it is right now compared to when he took over. You look at his public fighting going on with Governor Ron DeSantis here in the state of Florida. You look at the infighting that has gone on within Disney. And I thought this guy is going to be allowed to walk when his contract expires. Well, surprise, surprise. And one of the reasons why I thought he was a dead man walking was because these CEOs are paid these mega millions of dollars. At last check, Bob Chapek was making about $32.5 million a year. But one of the reasons why these guys and ladies are paid mega millions is to avoid any potential public relations landmines out there. Well, Chapek stepped in a big old landmine a few months ago, but apparently the Disney board of directors likes the direction of the Disney company. Remember, Chapek got into that tete-a-tete with Governor DeSantis over the parental rights in education law. He doubled down. DeSantis shot his shot, taking Disney's self-governance away in a year. And yet Bob Chapek gets to keep his gig for another three years. So I am very surprised at this. Disney has gone woke under Chapek. There's no question about that. And speaking of Disney's wokeness, now Disney is one of several U.S. companies who have come out and said, we are going to pay for our employees to travel to have abortions if necessary. That is just one of the topics I get into with Congresswoman Kat Kamak. Kat is the youngest Republican woman in Congress right now. She represents Florida's third congressional district. Here's that conversation now. What do you make of the ruling and what do you make of what we have seen with the various protests and violence erupting across the country since? Well, good morning to you, Scott. And I got to tell you, Friday was an incredible day. I mean, it was really the culmination of decades of work by pro-life advocates all around this country. And, and it really rectified a, a wrong that never should have existed in the first place. Because as we all know, abortion is not constitutionally protected. And what the ruling did was return this issue back to the states where it should have been all along. And so not only was it a great day for the sanctity of life, but it was a great day for the sanctity of our Constitution. And in the wake of what we've seen with the targeting of pregnancy centers and churches, 
and, you know, have members of Congress, elected officials that are pro-life, you know, it just speaks volumes of the hatred and divisiveness that we're experiencing. And there is no room for violence in political discourse. We're seeing that with the targeting of the justices. We're seeing that with the assault on, on advocates across the country. There's absolutely no, no room for violence, and it should be outright condemned by both sides of the aisle. Unfortunately, the left has been pretty slow to condemn the violence and, and, and the threats, but I think we're going to see uh, more people speaking out and, and really finding ways uh, to be supportive of the pro-life movement because they will not tolerate being bullied any longer. Dad, I was going to say, what what do you make of these verbal attacks in particular on the Supreme Court? I mean, I'm, I'm hearing Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago the other day say bleep Clarence Thomas. I mean, it, there, there's just a lot of vitriol coming from the pro-abortion side right now. Does this further divide the country? You know, I actually, I, I, I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I don't think that it does, because when you look at, at the ruling and, and you read the opinion of the justices, the, the, the ones that dissented, uh, they did something unusual. The, they wrote one opinion. Typically, the justices, when they rule on a case, they'll each write an independent opinion in support or to dissent. And the three dissenting judges, they wrote one. And as you go through it, and I'm still reading, reading the opinion, it's pretzel logic. They just kind of rested their case in cultural issues rather than the law. There was no legal argument that they could make um, to justify the Constitution as a basis for the right, so-called right, to an abortion. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about it, what has happened has really been the right legal and federalist and constitutional argument. And I think that's really important to note, because when they have no legal argument, they resort to the childish attacks. And everyone, of course, gets labeled a racist. They get labeled a bigot. They get labeled a sexist. All of a sudden, the name calling starts. And once that happens, you know that they've lost. And when I talk to people in the community, even with independents and Democrats, they're like, listen, I, I don't like abortion. I'm not a fan of abortion. You recently shared a personal story, Kat, about your mother who ignored the doctors telling her to have an abortion. Yes. If you would tell us that story, please. Yeah, you know, my mom, when she was in her late 20s, she had suffered a stroke, and she was pregnant with my sister and gave birth to her several days after the fact. But it took her about a year, a year and a half to relearn those basic motor skills and regain mobility and, and functionality. And it was then that the doctors told her that she would never be able to have children again because it was not safe for her or the child. So when she found herself many years later pregnant with me, she had every doctor telling her, absolutely no way you can have this child. You will die. The child will not survive. And, of course, when my grandparents found out, they were with the doctors. You know, they said, "You do you want to die? And so there was a lot of pressure, as you can imagine, on my mom. And she really, really uh, stood firm in the face of all of the so-called medical advice and, and felt deep down inside that, she could carry me to term and deliver me health, and, and she did, you know, against all odds. And I look back now and I think, my goodness, you, you especially back then, without all the resources that we have today, what a brave decision. What a, what a truly remarkable moment where she chose life. And um, so I'm very grateful to her for, for bravery and courage, and I hope it inspires people to really understand that being pro-choice means you can be pro-life.
Mm. And you can choose what. Mm. Interesting. So. Yeah, real quick before I let you get on that plane there. What do you make of businesses, companies like Disney and others now, Dick Sporting Goods, saying that they're going to pay for their employees to travel for abortions? What do you make of that? Listen, these are all pro, uh, for-profit companies. And the way I see this is they're not, they're not interested in getting involved in the culture wars as we've seen in the past. But this is a way for them to avoid the discussion about maternity leave. It's a whole heck of a lot cheaper for these for-profit mega corporations to pay for abortions than to actually support a working mom. And so I think we need to have that conversation in this country. Because being pro-life doesn't mean just being pro-life in the womb. It means being pro-life throughout the course of someone's life. And so that means we need to be looking at resources for adoption, fostering. We need to be looking at resources for pregnancy centers. And we need to be looking at resources for working families and working moms. So I'm excited. We're going to be leading the charge on that. And to all those companies that want to say, oh, we're going we're gonna to fund your abortion, but we won't give you paid maternity leave, mm-hmm. give me a break. Your dollar signs are showing. Much appreciation to Congresswoman Kat Kamek for being on the Inez Says podcast today. That's going to wrap it up. Join me on the radio every weekday morning. Orlando's Morning News, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. I'll see you next time.